You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast with Pastor Daniel Williams as we go through a series called God Redeems, a study through the book of Exodus. Man, I love how the Lord works. I absolutely love how the Lord works. Now, Nico and I, we didn't talk, we didn't converse, we didn't come together and say, why don't you do this song? Why don't you do this song? Now, I'm going to tell you, I've done that before, where I'm like, I'm going to be teaching this message, and I'd like for you to do this song and this song, because it really aligns with the message, but I didn't have to. It just worked out, right? Uh, We don't call that a coincidence around here. We call that a god dance. okay? That's God working in the details between us. Janelle doesn't like my made-up words uh, as she shakes her head at my goofiness. It's okay. I love it, right? Uh, But the reality is, is we know that God knits that together, all right? Uh, So tonight's message, really, we're going to start is called a memorial of praise. And man, what a beautiful testimony uh, to the way that God works to see the, the type of songs that Nico picked for this evening. And that one song that you guys uh, probably hadn't heard before that we sang that was new, uh, that was talking about all praise, all praise, right? All praise, amen. Uh, what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful way to see God work and knit us together as two hearts preparing in two different places. And God said, y'all prepare the same thing. So I just think that's such a cool thing. It's so amazing. Uh, so uh, tonight's message, we are going to go back just a little bit. I touched on it just a little bit last week, but I want to make sure uh, to really get this in here and spend a little bit of time on it. Uh, and so um, Exodus chapter 17 in verses 14 and 16. Now last week, Okay, we spoke of Moses, we're on the mountaintop, right? He's got the staff in his arm, he's raising his hands, lifted high, right? Kind of an attitude of praise, really, if you will, but just like us, he got tired, okay? And his hands started drifting down, right? And so you remember, we're winning the battle, we're losing the battle. We're winning the battle, we're losing the battle, right? And so uh, we don't need any aerobics here, so we need to keep, keep those hands lifted high, Right? Now, one of the crazy things when you really think about this is Joshua probably had no idea. He probably had no idea that they started losing simply because Moses' hands were drifting down. As he, he doesn't have the time to stop and look backward at that hill and look to see if the intercessor that's been set aside for that. He's in the midst of battle. He has a different role. And so Aaron and her got the reality as they're looking down from on top of that hill that hands lifted high, we win. Hands lifted or settled low, we're losing. So they maintained those hands high, and there was victory in Israel, right? They had a victory over the Amalekites because they left their hands lifted high. So uh, I want to read that passage of Scripture and pray with you again and uh, just talk about uh, the way that God works in the midst of this with our praise and uh, just a, a beautiful testimony, a memorial of praise is what this is, a memorial of praise. So uh, let's read together and then we'll pray. Uh, We're in Exodus 17, one more time, uh, verses 14 through 16. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to 
generation. And so let's pray together and ask God to speak to us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the way you align our hearts in worship. Lord, through song, through your word, through everything that we do in this place, Lord. We praise you for that, Lord. We just pray that you would minister to us tonight, Lord, as we go through your word and we, we see what you have for us, Lord. May it not be about any single person in this place, Lord, but all about you, Jesus. Lord, we are here to glorify your holy name. So Jesus, we ask tonight that you would guide us, that you would lead us, Lord, that you would teach us and that you would fill us, Jesus. Thank you in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, this is such a cool uh, story here is, is the Lord said to Moses, and one of the things I love about Moses is the Lord's constantly talking to Moses, right? Uh, so now I know a lot of times uh, I'm a school teacher uh, by trade. Most of you know that a few new people. And uh, so you may not. I teach Bible in a Christian school and I get this question all the time. How do I know the Lord's speaking to me? That's a tough question, isn't it? Right? Well, there's several different ways, right? Uh, sometimes the Lord quickens your heart and you just know something, right? Uh, and we see that a lot in Scripture. Uh, I think with Moses, there was definitely an intimate connection between he and the Lord where he would get direct messages for the, from the Lord. Uh, sometimes it's not really what we imagine it to be. Like, we're so... Uh, locked into our, our, our finite uh, thinking, our logic, our understanding of the way things work, that we're looking for a specific, specific audible voice of God. And the reality is, is he usually doesn't do it that way. He usually does it when we're in scripture, when we're in worship, when we're in prayer. And sometimes when we're in our daily routine, when we're just going through life, right? I was listening to something the other day on the radio and this lady said some of her sweetest moments with the, the Lord were at the kitchen sink doing dishes. She said the Lord just, everything else was blocked out. No worries of her day, none of that stuff, just dishes. Just standing there washing dishes. I think that's awesome because reality is the scripture tells us that the Lord is everywhere. He's in everything, right? So he absolutely can minister to us and lift us up and fill us up and we can praise him while we're washing dishes, while we're doing our jobs, or while we're sitting in our prayer closets. All of those are beautiful things, all of them, right? And she said one of the things that she always struggled with is as a mom of young kids, it was so hard to find quiet time, to set aside time. And, you know, getting up so early in the morning, she was tired before the kids' bedtime. Uh, and it just became she had to take the quiet moments as she got them. And moms understand that, don't you? If you've been a mom, you understand that concept. Sometimes, sometimes you just got it. There's going to be days. There's going to be days where you get up really early in the morning because you want to spend that time with the Lord, and so does your two-year-old. <laughs> Not because they want to spend time with the Lord. Right? Those things are going to happen, and we just have to be able to find God in those quiet times. So this is a really beautiful thing that God is in everything. God is in everything. God is in this battle. 
God is in, in these soldiers as they're fighting the battle. God is with Joshua as he's going forward. God is with Moses as he's standing there with his arms lifted high. God is with Joshua God, or with Aaron. God is with her. God is with each one of them as they're worshiping the Lord as God is fighting this battle. And they're all worshiping in their gifts and strengths in this moment. Who would have thunk it? That fighting a battle would be worship and honor unto the Lord in this way. But that's what Joshua was called to. Joshua is an amazing man of God, but he was gifted as a warrior, as a fighter. And that's how God used him again and again and again. Church, what are you gifted at? How's God going to use you? How's God going to do it? I love what it says here. The Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ear of Joshua. Write it as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ear of Joshua. Remember I told you, Moses is up here standing like this with his arms up. He's got Aaron and her on his side and they're holding his arms up. Joshua doesn't know. He doesn't know that the arms drifting down is the reason that they start losing the battle. God says, write that down because Joshua needs to hear this. Joshua needs to hear this. Joshua needs to know what happened on top of that hill. He needs to know that it wasn't Joshua winning the battle that day, that it was me. And as soon as you let your arms down, Joshua started losing because it's not in Joshua's strength. It's not in Joshua's power. It's not by Joshua's might, but by the Lord Almighty that that victory is going to be won. It's not about Joshua. It's not about each and every soldier. It's not about Moses. So when he built a memorial, Scripture says, he built it as a banner unto the Lord, not as a banner unto Joshua, not as a banner unto Israel, not as a banner unto Moses or Aaron or her, a banner unto the Lord. Right? Right? He built it as a banner unto the Lord. Write it down. Write it down. Don't assume don't assume that everybody knows about your victories, church. Don't assume that everybody has heard about it because you shared it with one or two people. Guys, it's important that we're sharing our victories, that we're sharing our praises, that we are communicating with each other the things that God is doing in our lives. Just like Moses was instructed by the Lord, write it down and whisper it in the ear of Joshua. Remind him of what I am doing and how I am using him. Remind him, encourage him. So most of you guys know I was a missionary for six years, right? I was in Peru. And uh, so I went to missions training school in Mexico, okay? Uh, so just below uh, San Diego, just driving into the, uh, the Baja in that area there. And um, I can't even think of the Rosarito uh, is the name of the little city there. And we went to a training school in that area, lived in Mexico for about a month, uh, traveling around uh, just in the local area, doing ministry and stuff, just learning. And so one of the things that happened during that time is missionaries from all over the world would come and they would teach us. And they would teach us. And one of the number one things that they told us is write it down. Write it down. Right now. Write it down. Do you have a journal? Do you have a journal? Shame on you. 
right? That's what they told us. Not to you guys. I know you guys are perfect, right? Just write it down. Do you have a place to write it down? Because here's the thing, right? You know you're called. You know God's gifted you, right? You're going to be challenged in that calling, in that gifting. Something's going to happen, and you're going to say, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be doing this? Right? Now, that's easy to see for a missionary, right? Because you're packing up your whole family, you're moving to a different country. But listen, a missionary is no different than you are. They're just people that have said, yes, Lord, use me. And the Lord said, yeah, I'm going to use you over there. I'm going to use you right here. And I'm going to use you right there. There's no difference. We're all just people that God chose to use, right? We're all sacrificing things. Maybe you sacrifice, as a missionary, we sacrifice language, we sacrifice a lot of different things. But the reality is, is we had to write it down. And guys, when they told me that, I got myself a little journal, which I already had, because I'm a note taker most of the time. So I already had my little journal, and I just started writing down. How has God called me to do this work? And I wrote it down. And I wrote down scripture, and I wrote down confirmation from people around me. I wrote down moments that I had where I felt like God said this, or God said that, and he showed me a thing. And I mean, there was even one day that I just, I don't necessarily recommend this, but I did it, okay? I was like, Lord, I need a scripture, and I need it. I need to hear from you. I need to know that you are in this, because You ever have those days? Yeah. Those, you're just deflated, right? And you said, Lord, I need to hear you. And I was like, all right, I've heard of people doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and God gave me a scripture. And it confirmed exactly what he had called me to do in that moment. And I was like, that is craziness right there. That's craziness right there. And I wrote it down. And then I was on the mission field. And God did this thing. And I wrote it down. And then God did that thing. The way that he provided for my plane flights, the way that he provided, one of my greatest fears in becoming a missionary, guys, was money. Two greatest fears, right? Providing for my family and the health of my children. Providing for my family and the health of my children. We were challenged more with the health of my children than with finances. God gave us as much finances as we needed. There was one point where we had a checking account, I mean, a savings account with our missions organization. They're like, yeah, this normally doesn't happen. We're like, you're $20,000 to the good. Most missionaries barely survive. They're like minute to minute, month to month. We're like, I don't know. God's got a plan. I don't know what he's doing. He certainly has a use for this, I'm sure. I mean, we had a system. It was very accountable. Don't worry, okay? They kept us very, very accountable with donations that people made. But guys, that was on donation. That was individuals just giving unto our ministry. We hadn't done anything special, right? That was God. That was God providing for that, taking that fear away. Okay? And so there were so many of these things that happened, and, and I write it down. God did this. God did that. God did this. He overcame this fear. He overdid this. Guys, it was a journal of praise is what it was. 
It was a memorial of praise. And when people would ask me, I'd be like, oh, y'all, you won't even believe what God did, right? I needed $1,296.14 to buy plane tickets, right? I sold my house, got some money for that, and uh, knew that that was supposed to be put aside for uh, a later date, and that wasn't meant to support our, our, or fund our mission trip, okay? Uh, and I got a check in the mail for $1,296.14, and they said, hey, in your closing cost, we overcharged you by $1,296.14, and I went, what? <laughs> Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. And I was telling my friend about it who we were staying with at that time, and she said, listen, it's God who can do abundantly more than we could think or imagine. Yeah. Abundantly more. Awesome. Write it down. Church, I encourage you. You got praise. I know you got praise. God's doing things in your life. Write it down because you're going to need it. In your next trial, you need to read the praise of your previous trial. You got to write it down. You got to write it down, right? Charles Spurgeon said, uh, and this is a paraphrase uh, of one of his quotes, he says, as believers, we tend to, we're prone to etch in marble, you know, because that's really hard to get rid of, etch in marble our trials and write our blessings in the sand. We tend to do that. It's one of the really interesting things when we would prepare mission teams sometimes to come down and be like, prepare your testimony. You'll give your testimony. Most of us do this. We tell about 90% uh, of our previous life before we met the Lord. And then we say, and then I met Jesus. Thank you guys very much, right? I was in drugs. I was in alcohol. I was a terrible kid. I was this thing. I was that thing, this bad thing, that bad thing, right? And then I met Jesus, and that's it. And I remember somebody challenged me one time, and they said, no, 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 no. About 25% of your testimony should be your past life. The other 75% should be what God has done since then. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. And then when you're sharing your testimony, you can talk about how faithful God is. Right? Guys, I want to take a few minutes right now. A few minutes. And if this takes longer than a few minutes, praise God. I just want to take a few minutes to let you guys praise. Let's talk about what God is doing in our lives. Now, we don't have a microphone, so you're going to have to be real loud, all right? You're going to have to shout it out, okay? Or just talk in a normal voice and hope that we can hear you. Uh, our other microphone is, uh, because of our sound situation, it's not working tonight, uh, and that's okay, all right? God knows. But I'd love to hear some praise reports about what God is doing, Right? We take our times and we have our, our prayer meetings and they're beautiful and I love it. And we should have prayer meetings, right? And we have worship services where we mostly sing songs and pray, right? But we need to take more time to praise. We need to take more time to just stop for a second and, and focus on the victories and use them as a memorial for our church, for ourselves, and as an encouragement to others around us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then get your praise on. Come on, y'all.
Who wants to be first? Give us a praise story. Okay, now I'm terribly disappointed because I know God's working in your life. You're just too shy to tell. I expected somebody to pop right up out of their seat. Praise stories. I'd like to hear what God is doing in miraculous ways in your life. God is alive and He is well. Right? They don't have to be healings. They can be anything. Anything at all. Where you've just seen the hand of God in your life and a blessing from it. That's what I'm looking for. I want to hear it, church. And I'm just going to stand here in awkward silence until we get it. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. It is the small things that count. If we don't take times to focus on the little things that God is doing, and we're only waiting for the big things, then we're going to lose our focus and get really discouraged. We got to find the blessing in the small things, the blessing in the details. That's important, guys. Um, I'm going to give you a quick one, um, and it's a simple one uh, that just happened to me recently. I was sharing this with Daniel today, and uh, I have a, uh, every year I get this opportunity to travel uh, internationally with a bunch of students and stuff, but it comes at a cost to me. Uh, it's a few thousand dollars, um, and, you know, my income is not that. I'm a school teacher, y'all, okay, in case you didn't know. Uh, so a single dad school teacher with three kids, one in college. Uh, and God is so gracious, and I, I you know, how it all works. Uh, is only by the grace of God, and there's praise reports every single day uh, that, you know, along that path. Uh, but I, I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to go on this trip, um, so we're going to Israel, we're going to Jordan, um, so I uh, get to see some really amazing things, uh, some different things than I saw the last time that I went, and I know I'm supposed to go, and I was like, God, come on. This is $2,500 I don't have. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. The deposit was due last week. Uh, I didn't make it, the deposit. And the guy who owns it, uh, that runs the program, he's like, listen, don't worry about it. Just as soon as you get it, give me. And so uh, I just, I direct our middle school programs and stuff at the, at the school, and that's always just been built into my contract. And uh, our, our CFO came to me and was like, did you get paid for the middle school play? And I said, yeah, 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 it's built in my contract. And she's like, I don't think it is. And so we sat down the other day and she's like, it's not in your contract. I owe you a check for $2,500. And, and, and here's the better part. And she's like, and I see that we haven't been paying you the right pay scale. So you're, you're going to see an increase in your paycheck because you're just like, we're off by over $2,000 for the year. Uh, so we've got to, like, I'm like, this is the best meeting I ever had in my life, right? Uh, so, but guys, it's those little things. Uh, you know, when you know God's called you to do something and it don't make sense, uh, just trust him. Just trust him. Those are the praise. Those are the things that we got to write down because they're going to happen. Guys, they're going to they're gonna come up. They're going to, uh, you know, and we need to be encouraged uh, when things aren't going well. And, uh, you know, those prayer journals, those praise journals really uh, is what they can become uh, is so valuable to be able to go back to, to sit down and go, God, I'm in the midst of a messy season. I just need to remember how you worked and how you worked and how you worked. Because it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging to yourself to remember how God worked in your life 
when you went through this thing and that thing. And let me tell you, like Charles Spurgeon said, if you just write it down up here, it's like writing it in the sand. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. You're going to forget. And in the midst of the trial, you're going to be like, Lord, where are you? Lord, but I'm your servant and I've done so much for you. Yeah. Right? Uh, those are, those are uh, tough little uh, moments, but they're, they're good to go back and say, Lord, I know every time in the past you've showed up in ways that I could never think or imagine. I mean, here I am praying, Lord, open the door of opportunity for me to get a job where I can make a couple extra thousand dollars. Lord, open up this opportunity because I could be doing this and make this little bit of money here, but that's going to take me away from my family and all of these various things, right? God's like, I got you right here, right here. Just one fell swoop, Woof, all of it, gone, right? Because God is good, abundantly more than we could ever think or imagine, right? What a blessing. What a blessing. Man, there is so much more here uh, that I want to unpack um, when we get into these types of things as we kind of walk through this passage of Scripture. And, uh, you know, we see um, that our God is so good that He loves us so much. And, you know, uh, next week we're, we're going to dig really deep into... Um, Jethro and uh, various other aspects of uh, chapter 18. Uh, I had planned to get into a lot of this tonight, and we're not going to have time to do that. Um, but, um, you know, God is the one guiding and directing along this path. But uh, I do want to take you here uh, as we kind of uh, start to kind of uh, come to a close. Um, and so think about just for a moment. Moses standing on top of a hill. There's a battle going on below. And his arms are lifted out. They're lifted up, right? So uh, I read a commentary this week. Um, I don't know if you guys know John Corson or a fan of John Corson. Uh, but I read a commentary that was talking about um, Moses is a type of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ, and he delivered the, the, the Israelites uh, out of Egypt. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world of sin. And so Moses comes along, and he stands on top of a hill with his arms stretched out. And it's with his arms stretched out that the men at the bottom of the hill will be victorious in the battle. It's with his arms stretched out. And so you see Moses as a type of Christ. He didn't get down off that cross. They told him to, right? If you just get down, if you take your arms down. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that if he took his arms down, the victory would not be won. They said, if you truly are the son of God, then get off that cross, they said. And he said, no, he didn't. He stayed right there with his arms stretched out. Moses held up a staff. Jesus hung on a wood, on a cross. 
for you, for me, for all of us. That's why we can sit here in this room and give praise reports. That's why we can talk about the amazing things that God has done. And I can guarantee you, if you went around and you read the journals and you, and you saw all the little details, there's so many more than we've talked about. And even those of us that gave them could probably give 10 more if we really sat down and started thinking about it. Right? There's so many, guys. Whether it's somebody that just shows up at the right time to encourage you, praise God. Somebody bringing a warm meal. Somebody, just a smile, just some type of encouragement along your day that just changes your day altogether. A story you hear of how somebody you've been praying for for a long time comes to the Lord. There's praise reports everywhere. Guys, praise reports everywhere, right? It's so easy for us to focus on our trials. But our God, He is a God of victory. And He stretched out His arms to give us that victory that we may walk in this life that He's given us and that we may experience life abundantly. Not because everything goes right, but because we worship a God, the creator of the universe that sits on his throne. That day on the top of the hill, Moses was like an intercessor. He was like an intercessor between he, between the people fighting the battles and God. And as long as he kept his arms lifted high, we win, we win. Guys, you're in a battle. We are in a battle. We're in a battle. I'm going to go and invite Nico back up so that we can prepare our hearts because we want to put our minds and our focus on the work that Christ has done on that cross, the fact that we can be here with a memorial of praise because of what he's done. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.